Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And welcome to Mind Your Loaf, a podcast about taking action on our mental health. I'm here with my co-host, Mark. Hi, everybody. Brilliant. And a team at Irish Mental Health Charity, TurnToMe.ie, who besides helping us with this podcast, provide professional mental health support online free to everyone in Ireland. Anyway, look, we have Keith Walsh coming on this next episode. Yeah. So tell us about Keith. Yeah, he's a, I know Keith a long time. So we will talk to him about this, but I first met him on iRadio with Bernard uh, O'Shea. Oh, yeah. I'd known Bernard first from doing stand-up. And uh, so Keith was uh, on the show with him in iRadio, which is, I'll ask Keith exactly where it was. It was kind of Drogheda area, as far as I remember. And uh, just popped down the road when I was allowed to. (laughs) Down to the radio (laughs) show. Back in the day. But uh, yeah, we're going to talk to him now. And look, I'll fill you in about him when I'm talking to him. Okay, I look forward to that. He's a very, he's a very nice man. He's very healthy. Oh, is he? He's very healthy, yeah. Okay. And so, and, and he's from, obviously he's from the 2FM breakfast show that Bernard and yeah. Jennifer was on. Yeah. So that's where, that's where most people will know Keith. Okay, Mar. Yeah. Mar in the wardrobe in Ratto, Jason in the kitchen in uh, the Knoll. And now we have uh, Keith Walsh in the, in the office in Kildare, Keith, yes? Yeah, the upstairs room, the office, we call it. Uh, it's not much of an office, but uh, I've dressed I've dressed it so it looks really professional. Yeah, it's yeah, very we, impressive. Yeah, what we're looking at is a plant. Uh, there's a bit of a guitar. Uh, a, 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 <laughs> a suggestion a, of baseball caps. Yeah, oh, with pure Oh, mental. with some merchant. Oh. Oh. Oh, yeah, and a baseball glove. Well done, Keith. Okay. I love it. Analyze that. All sorts of shit going on. And Homebird is written beside, behind him, which means he's never leaving ever again. So, Keith uh, Walsh. Now, Lotties will know Keith from the breakfast show with uh, Bernard and Jennifer. Uh, I'm just going to do a quick rewind of how I know Keith. Keith, I met you in iRadio when you were co-hosting with uh, Bernard O'Shea. Do you remember that? Yeah, sure do. Yeah, that was in, um, in Athlone in the Midlands. You came down to us, didn't you? That's where it was. It was that loan. Yes, I did uh, come down. Some of the, one of the funniest moments, and, and I don't know why it sticks in my head, but you know these just random funny moments that stick in my head. The yeah. the sports guy Fran was doing the sport in a tracks. He was wearing. He happened to be wearing a tracksuit <laughs> that day, and you just you just went off on this thing about if you're doing the sport, you have to wear a tracksuit. <laughs> 
That's he was dressed. He was dressed for doing the sport. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just have an image of Fran just jogging in, you know. To- <laughs> Yeah, if you're going to do sport, you might as well be the sport. Yeah, it's a bit like people that used to go to the pub wearing their Man United tops, just in case they get called up. <laughs> but Keith is, I mean, you you did that with, with Bernard and, uh, and and then you went on to do the breakfast show then, was it? Or did you go to Phantom then? Which where, where did you go from then? Yeah, so I went straight to Phantom then. Uh, literally the only job available in Dublin once I radio kind of <clears throat> finished up. Um, and I was in Phantom for a little while and you came to work with me in Phantom. Do you remember? Yes, we did. We we had a really good show uh, We that Keith basically produced with us. He was brilliant. And I was traveling around the world and I was trying to do my radio show. We did it for about six months and mm. it worked out really well, but realized that moving around a lot is not great for radio when you're trying to work for a radio station. But it, but it was fine. It worked really well. And yeah. then you then you went on and you landed the, the amazing breakfast show with, with, with Bernard and uh, Jennifer. Yeah, like it's interesting kind of, it was interesting, it was, it was great, it was, it was some job to get, like because when you, when you work in radio, you never quite think you'll get that slot, that the breakfast show on 2FM, kind of that's the, for, for music radio, that's the big one, you know, um, outside of Radio 1, getting that the breakfast show slot is, most people, I mean, obviously most people who work in radio are never going to work that job, you know, so to be one of the people that got to work on that show was was uh, quite the, uh, it was a shock. Uh, but I think because I'd worked with Bernard before and Bernard was coming in and he knew Jen and then Bernard suggested me and I, I so it just kind of just worked out. It was just right place, the right time, right guy, yeah. So it was, uh, I was, I was over the moon, thrilled to be doing that job, you know. And how many years did you do that for? Five, five years. Wow. Yeah, and then a yeah. lot of, I mean, with radio, because I'm in the entertainment business as well, as well as you are, uh, enter, you know, any any kind of job you have in the entertainment business can just end in a day. And people don't get that. Yeah, it's a very precarious industry. And we were, we initially got two-year contract. And then I think the two years went well, a three-year contract. And then we were kind of, I think that was it. But normally it's sort of, but even with the contract, Bernard or, or uh, Jason, you know, even with a contract, you're, no, it can end at any time. You know, they've got this clause in the contract that they can give you a month's notice or two months notice. Wow. I mean, so you're always kind of on your tippy toes and you're never, you never get comfortable. You know, you never really get your feet under the table as it were. And like working with RTE, you hear all these stories of these great, presenters that had worked for RT in the past and how worried they were about their job. You know, it's real. <laughs> Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> he hates 2FM. Charlie hates 2FM. Charlie, well done. Charlie, we're over it now. Come on. That's brilliant. Now, we, uh, now we, obviously, we can't see Charlie, but I think that's a sound effect that Keith brought from, from, from the breakfast show. Yeah. Well done, Keith. Oh, yeah, you've got a lovely dog. <laughs> Um, but that sounds like a very pressurized existence for five years to just be constantly on edge or not even as you said not comfortable yeah i would say in 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 the first instance i probably didn't believe i deserved to be there but lots of people like that you know imposter syndrome and all that yeah and then the pressure of uh so every every few months you get the jnlrs which is like getting your leaving cert yeah, wow. that's the, is that that's the figures, is it the, the listening figures, the listenership figures. Yeah, uh, I think the UK they're called the radars. Can't remember what they're called in Australia, but uh, so so listen. So how many people are listening to your show? And you live and die by those, yeah. really. You know, you could be, you could be, you could be. If you got a couple of bad 
uh, results in a row, you, you could be sacked or uh, uh, replaced. Yeah, because I mean, it's all based on advertisement, isn't it? See, whoever wants to put their, their ad on your show, as long as it, it has, yeah. it's, as, it's as basic as that. Big figures, it's, money, advertisement, and, and you're just, you know, just in there. You're in the mix. Yeah, you, it's all about, it's very straightforward. It's the amount of money they can bring in and it's based on the amount of listeners you have, how much an agency will pay to have an ad on your show. So if you've got, you know, it could be like a, they'll be looking for the biggest shows, the biggest listeners and that that's it. End of, you know, there's no, it's black and white, you know. And, I know and, sorry, with me is that if I was doing that right for five years, which I, because I've obviously done stand-up, so I'm kind of my own boss, I go in and out of jobs, but I'm still always worried about, you know, God, am I still doing great? But if I was there for five years, like working like that, and then finally they end the show, did you have a feeling of, oh, thank God, actually. <laughs> Because like it's a high pressure that's on you for five years. Did you have a sense of actually? Uh, hang on a minute. I think afterward, like I think now, now like kind of a year and a bit, uh, probably two years later, year definitely a year yeah. and a half later. I'm not great with dates, but definitely now I'm looking back on holy shit, that was crazy. Yeah. Um, because it was high pressure, but in the in the moment when it happened, I just felt when it finished, I felt a huge sense of rejection. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, but yeah. that's natural. Yeah, uh, because you're you're basically being told on paper you're no good. We don't want you anymore. You made a big mess of it, but you're not because that what they do in radio and television is they have this thing in their heads that they want to mix up shit after a few years. Isn't that what they do? Yeah. They have this thing where they go, actually, we need a change, and you fucking don't need a change. Do you know what I mean? The That's thing, what they do. The thing about it was, like, the, the listenership figures were fine. We did everything we were yeah, supposed to be doing. Yeah, these were brilliant. It's a brilliant show. It was, uh, it was a good show, and we were, we were handling the pressure, and that most people, like, I mean, loads of stuff happened in those five years. Jen had two babies. Bernard lost his dad. Bernard had three, ch- definitely two children in the space of five years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that he was doing um, uh, the sitcom as well. He, you know? the, the two of them did Bridget Name and the sitcom, which is available to watch on uh, Hulu, yes. I don't know where it is. Um, but just to say, they, with, with, with pressure as well, I was in that show, which is one day, and the two of them were l- running from there to go and record the bloody show. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, it's intense. We had like four months where they had to film it. Like there wasn't, there wasn't a huge budget. So they had to film that within like four months. I don't know, every episode Jesus. and do the breakfast show. They weren't allowed the time off because it was all RTE, you know? So they had to do the breakfast show, go and film, do the breakfast show, go and film. That was every day for about four months. And I was kind of then trying to hold everything together. So they'd mm. literally turn up and respond to things, you know, like, and it was yeah. all, but it was good. It was good. It was I- were you were you looking after yourself then, Keith, or were you go spiraling into like just a like because you have to get up real early, you have to you know go to bed early, you have to leave your family, you can't really join in with a lot of shit. Like how were you looking after yourself? So at you? that time, I thought I was looking after myself really well. Uh, I did lots of things like I gave up sugar, I gave up caffeine, I was really kind of healthy. I was eating healthily. I thought at the time I was training for a marathon. I was going to the gym. I wrote a list of all the things I was doing one of the years that I did the breakfast show. I, I trained for a marathon that I ran in Los Angeles. I was going to the gym about two times a week. I was playing football with a bunch of lads about maybe two times a week. I think yeah. I might have been hurling training at some point. My wife used to say to me, "Are you?" I used to lie to my wife. Are you going to the gym? I said, were you in the gym today already? No, no, no. I used to lie <laughs> about my activities. And then I'd be, I was training for a marathon as well. I was hyper 
Lee, yeah. brilliant. Like I was, when I look back and at the time I was going, I need to, I need to keep this going. I need to keep this going. I need to be healthy. I need to be fit. I need to be sleeping well. I need to be eating well. I need to be training. I need to keep my weight down. And blah, 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 blah. I was obviously manic. Yeah. It yeah. sounds like, yeah, yeah. it sounds like you're, you were ready to burst. Yeah. 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 I was, and Keith, was, do you think the motivation or that kind of incessant drive, was that about you feeling strong in yourself or that, or was it that kind of, if I stop, I will not be able to start again. If I, if I actually stop, I'm going to know how I really am. Yeah. Probably running away from something. Like I, sometimes I, a lot of my friends run and sometimes I see them out running and I think, what are you running away from? You know, um, some of them are just running cause they enjoy running, but some of them, you yeah. can see it in them. Like, uh, and yeah, I was definitely, there was a sense as well that this is an opportunity being on the breakfast show on 2FM. Yeah. This is an opportunity and you're in RTE and you're not getting gigs or you are getting television gigs or you're being asked to do other things. Or you're not being asked to do other things. And all of that stuff is in your head. So you're like, am I thin enough? Am I good looking enough? Right, is my okay. hair too gray? Is my, am I speaking properly? I got my teeth straightened. I got fit. I got... It, it's it, it's it's everything it's it, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and also like I'm not good enough and I need to be better and your family life suffers because everything is about the show and a lot of that is, comes down to I mean like people who don't work in the media industry could relate to the fact that you need this job to pay the mortgage as well mm-hmm. and I didn't want to come home to my wife and say well I I lost a job because I didn't do enough and I didn't yeah. want even for myself, I didn't want it to come to an end and think, geez, I really should have tried harder. Maybe I should have been skinnier. Maybe it was my teeth. They weren't straight enough. Maybe <laughs> I should have had them whitened. Maybe all the, like just, you know, yeah. I'm, like I'm only able to sort of decompartmentalize it all now. When you really, think when of yourself happened. now, Keith, with this perspective of a year and a half later and you look back at, at that self that was just so just sounds so harsh, you know, like I'm not good. My teeth aren't straight enough. My body's not thin enough. I'm not, you know, that that drive to be better in a vertical is better. What would you like to say to him now? Uh, well, I'd love to say you are good enough, but uh, I, or I would, I tell him to leave. Would you? <laughs> yeah. I tell, tell him to leave. What? Leave I, the breakfast show? Yeah. Or leave? Tell, tell him to do something else. Or I, I don't know what I'd do. I still don't know what I'd say to him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I understand your question, but I still haven't gotten to that point where I could figure out what I... Do you have compassion for him, I suppose? Like, do you, are you able to see... Ah, yeah. You... I, I would have compassion for him. And I can see what he was going through. But, like, there was a lot of stuff uh, that I hadn't dealt with kind of from my childhood as well mm-hmm. uh, that kind of led to how I felt about myself. Do you know what yeah, I mean? So there was, absolutely. It was, I tell you what I would have said. Do you know, actually, I know the answer. I would have said to myself, go and see a therapist now. Right. Yeah. Don't, yeah. don't wait to start therapy when this is all finished. Start now. Yeah. And that probably would have helped me greatly. And I probably possibly would have been the best thing I could have done rather mm-hmm. than all the exercise and the... the st- well, what... What it sounds like you were trying to do is you were trying to live several lives at the same time. So you're not trying to, it's not just your home life and your work life. It's your exercise life, your football life, your mate's life, your, your on telly life. Your, it's like, and you can't do that. It's just too much. No. And there was a sense of FOMO as well of, you know, uh, if I don't do this, maybe that would be an opportunity missed or some, you know, so you're trying to do yeah, everything. Right. Well, yeah. entertainers, like naturally we all like, you know, we're such yes people. Because we think that if we don't do the th- that thing, then it'll be they'll, they won't be you won't be asked again. And if you don't look a certain way, you won't you won't get on that show. Or if you're not funny enough, like it's like what Seinfeld says. He says you're only as funny as your last breath, which is ex- which is exhausting. 
Mm, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. how can you be, how can that be a thing? Because Seinfeld was doing a stand-up show and at the very end he does a Q&A and he does a majorly brilliant stand-up show. Then he does a couple of questions and the very last question he answers is not a funny answer. And that's where he goes, do you realise how much you have ruined this whole evening? Because the very last thing I say is what's important. <laughs> and the pressure in the entertainment business, in radio, telly, stand-up, plays, everything, it's nearly the last thing, the last breath. It's just too much. And, and everybody has an opinion as well. Yeah. Like, and and, and you, you, like the thing about when the breakfast show finished, you, like I, I was the face of the breakfast show finishing up. Yeah. Do you know what, what I mean? Okay. Like, what, do you mean, what do you mean by that? Because it wasn't like the bosses make the decision, right? But you're the person going around that has to answer the questions about why the breakfast show finished up. Yeah. And you're like, well, I don't like, here's my boss's email address. I didn't, make the, <laughs> I didn't make the decision. I'm out of a job, but I'm the one for the next year or two years that has to answer all the questions about yeah. the job that I'm not getting paid for anymore. Yeah, yeah. people people just, I mean, I, I, know, I know they know it's a job, but they don't really feel it's a job because it's not a plumber. It's not a plaster. It's not, it's not a job, but it really is a fucking job. It's hard. It's like during this lockdown, I had people asking me saying, would you not do a radio slot? And I was going, what are you talking about? What do you think? I'm just going to rock into 2FM and just like push Jenny or Nikki or whoever's there <laughs> and just start talking. It's a man like, show. So when you're gone, yeah, they're probably going... So why did you leave the show, Keith? I didn't leave the fucking show. <laughs> but they're like, they're telling me that the bosses made a mistake and like getting annoyed with me. They're like, yeah. they fucking, they fucking, they've messed up. They made a mess of it. They made a mess of it, Keith. They've, and I'm like, yeah, oh, like, okay, cool. <laughs> like, but you're like, but you're going through your own sort of uh, trauma and then you have to deal with everybody else's yeah. trauma. You're like, you're trying to fix it for everybody else. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, maybe, you know, but you're also trying to be diplomatic and say, you know, it's, these things happen. It's cool. You know, it's, you know, it's just, that's, that's just show business. You know what I mean? Sometimes you're up, sometimes you're down. That's just the way it goes, you know? So you're explaining someone else's decision for the next year while you're also dealing with the fact that you lost a job that you like doing. You know? And it's kind of like you're consoling other people, even though you're grieving your, your own loss, which yeah. can often yeah. happen. And you're, I telling, read, you're telling everybody else it's going to be all right. It's going to be okay. And then inside yourself, I mean, I, I, I read in, in that article that you did um, in the, I think it was the Irish Times. In the Times, yeah. yeah. That the, the cancellation of the show actually just kind of triggered, it kind of brought things to a head for you. And that that feeling of rejection and, and yeah, that so experience. It made me, so what happened was, and I suppose maybe it comes back to my personality underneath it all. When the breakfast yeah. show finished up, I said, well, I need, I don't want this to ever happen to me again. Right. This is yeah. me, practical me, coming, stepping up, going, I don't want this to ever happen again. I don't want ever to have somebody in charge of me paying my mortgage, my future within, if it's the entertainment industry, if it's not or whatever, my me as a person, how I feel. I don't want someone else to have that, to, to be able to make that decision. Look, it's a very difficult thing to do. But anyway, I said, well, I have a bit of time. Like there was a bit of sort of space where I was doing the breakfast show or I was doing weekends on 2FM. So I had time, yeah. you know, so yeah. I had time. So I said, well, I'm going to go to therapy and I'm going to figure out what's going on in my head. And, and I suppose what I was. I uh, just if, real quick. Have you ever been to therapy before? Or was this your first time? This is my first time. All right. But 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 the, but the, the man in me was going, I'm going to go to a therapist because he's going to tell me how best to deal with what's going on at the moment. It was a very practical decision. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like I'm having a breakdown. I need, you know, so I need to, it, it was a very kind of like my wife had mentioned to me and I went, yeah, yes, 
the same way as I would have about keeping fit. You know, I was, yeah, I go to a therapist. He'll like a tell solution. Me, yeah. yeah. He'll tell me what I need to do now to make sure I don't have a breakdown right now because I feel like I'm, I'm falling apart. Yeah. Right. And so it was a very practical decision. But I suppose, and I was ready. I was there. I turned up at the therapist ready to work, you know. I was ready yeah. to be honest. I was ready to talk about everything. Uh, and I was open. And we got through a lot of work very quickly. And I, what I sort of quickly realized was that, I mean, yes, I did have a lot of, uh, you know, I was affected hugely by the loss of this job. Um, and almost like to me, it was some sort of public humiliation. Mm-hmm. And going back to my childhood and my upbringing, that was very important in how I dealt with things generally. So that had to change as well, you know. So so we just we 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 got into all that. We got into everything. We you know nothing nothing was left. No stone was left unturned. Yeah. And it was hugely hugely beneficial. Like it like it literally has changed my life. You know. How were you able to reframe, or did you learn how to reframe that? The, the kind of humiliation that you felt and you said that comes from like childhood stuff how were you able to look at that differently or have you been able to say that it's not humiliating or it is humiliating but that's because of how I was yeah because thinking like about the, myself there's a couple of things going on because at the same time you're going this is a very practical decision by the boss to do yeah. this to make a change and I can see it I'm getting old it's 2FM it's a youth station they probably need to bring in someone younger etc you can see that from a practical point of view but yet you feel terribly a, yeah. a terrible sense of rejection like you're not good enough and not only do 2FM not want you but Rorty you probably don't want you and you know what the entertainment in, industry in, in general doesn't, okay, do, doesn't want you so yeah so yeah. you tr- you, look, look, you gave it a go. You had a good run at it. Fair play to you. But thanks very much. OK, yeah, yeah. that's how you feel. Um, but you- And so th- were you taught that you weren't uh, a failure, like in therapy? Was that like basically saying, look, listen, you man, you're not a failure. You weren't at all. If anything, you were a fucking success because that was an amazing show. Yeah. And also what I was basing success on yeah. was, ro- was wrong. I was coming at it from the wrong from the wrong place. And a lot of like, you know, I suppose I'd I'd like I was, I was brought up in a way that, and we all were brought up in a way that your job defines you as a man. Right. You need you, your job, yeah. your success, the money you bring in is your success. The car you drive is your success. The type of house you have is your success. And you need a house, you need a car and you need some money and all that, but that's not the success. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I was being able to see what the success was. And while I was so busy, you know, trying to make sure that this breakfast show happened, I, I was rejecting, I was, I was neglecting the things that were my success, like my family and my wife and my kids and my uh, myself, you know. Um, and as you said, like even to get this job in the first place was a success. And I should have given myself a bit more uh, credit for that, you know. Um, so it was hugely successful to do, but I couldn't see that. And I also felt that I, it probably only happened by accident. They probably meant right. to get someone else. They probably wanted to get Jason, but he wasn't available. And they went down the list. Dermot Whelan, not available. <laughs> no way. Kevin, Kevin McGahern doesn't know how to, yeah. run, doesn't know no. how to run a desk in the radio. Yeah. He can do it, so he'll, so he'll do. So all those things. But, uh, like, I grew up in a in my childhood. It was a very sort of violent, violent. Like, I mean, I think a lot of. Yeah, a lot of houses in Ireland were like the thing. One of the things that pissed me off is is the you know these Irish mammy jokes where the wooden spoon and all that. It's like you know a lot of there was a lot of domestic violence growing up in Ireland. Yeah. A lot of it, you know. It's it's yeah. for me. It's like it's the next thing we need to talk about because mm-hmm. there's a lot of 
there's a lot of especially men or girl, women are generally better at talking about things but men who had weird relationships especially with mothers mothers were very violent and i and mm-hmm. i'm not talking about the odd smack you know i'm talking about taking it to the next level you know yeah um so that which again is very humiliating keith isn't it yeah, as a child yeah. to, to experience that and the unexpectedness of it as well just that just yeah, because you're also you're also wondering what you've done wrong yeah. to, des- to deserve so you- such a punishment. Yeah, but also it's the person that you love the most. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Uh, and domestic violence, we always think of husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, boyfriend, boyfriend, girlfriend, girlfriend. But parent, child. Yeah. Like that's that's the hardest thing to get your head around. It's mm-hmm. so confusing, you know. It is. That's it. Yeah. And you. So what you do is you uh, you guard yourself. You create this. Yeah, it's kind of like a shell. So you put all your emotions way down inside the shell inside you. They're still there, but you don't access them really. Yeah. So you keep yourself on an even keel. So you you stop, you, you end up over the years not being able to easily access emotions that you need to deal with certain things. Yeah. And I'd gotten to a point in my life in my 20s where I'd say things were grand. Everything was grand. Yeah. Like people had asked me about the breakfast show. How's the job going? Grand. And I'd yeah. make joy. Oh, well, I haven't been fired yet. Everything was grand. My 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 home life was grand. I was grand. Everything was grand. Nothing. I never had those mo- those moments where everything was brilliant. You know what I mean? The only time I'd get that would be after a few drinks or... And do you know what or, was uh, a really a sad scene, writing a really sad thing was that when you seen your children playing with your wife, you were you were on the outside looking in. Like you just couldn't join in there. I mean, was that, yeah. was that the work or was that your childhood past or what... what? That was like me. That. that was me as a person. That was me going, why am I not having the crack with my family who I love? Uh, and they're clearly like they'd be have they'd be in the kitchen just laughing and you know, messing and and I just I couldn't I couldn't couldn't get involved. I couldn't relax. Engage. I couldn't engage. I didn't have it. You know, I wasn't I'd I'd fake it. Or I'd have mm. a few I'd have a few beers and then it'd be grand, you know. Um but yeah, it was just it, it was it was just what what I did with Luke, my therapist, was I worked at being vulnerable, first of all. Mm-hmm. So being vulnerable and being honest about how I was feeling and what was going on. And the vulnerability helped me to to unblock everything and unpack stuff, you know. So I started unpacking all these things, like stories that I had about myself and who I was and all that kind of stuff. And as I unpacked it, things started to move and change. And I started, like, it was kind of like I described it before, like almost coming up from underwater, you know, and you kind yeah. of start seeing things very clearly uh it's uh it's a strange it's a strange thing it's a strange feeling it's strange the one thing i would say for anybody thinking about therapy as well therapy is great and but it's strange for the people around you because you start behaving differently and you start yeah. being different and your wife is looking at you going you're not like i thought you were the strong i thought you were the strong <laughs> Yes. Silent, silent type. type. Now you're yeah. crying. Why? Yeah, what are you crying at the because the bread's open? <laughs> Why are you crying? Now you're now you're you used to never talk. Now you won't shut yeah. the fuck up. You know. Uh, but you know what what you said there, which is really good, because I I felt the same when I went to therapy because I was the, the type of attitude, you know, the type of personality that you are, which was like the strong fella, the happy fella, to keep everybody going. But when I went to therapy, I did exactly what you did, which is unpacking everything. So men that are listening right now, we tend to, yeah, get, get the suitcase and press it down and sit on it and try and lock it that way. But Jesus, when you go to therapy, doesn't it just all fling open and you're going, look, there's the socks. Oh my God, there's the aftershave. Jesus Christ, there's that. And you're just, yeah. 
there's a bit in my play where I talk about the stories and, and I have this sort of analogy where it's like I was the old guy and the, the American TV crew were coming to my house to I'd, I'd hoarded all the shit in my house, you know, like it was, it was like ho- yeah. hoarder, hoarders from hell. Right? I, was, yeah. I was the old guy. Can't even all, get in the door. I was the old guy with all these newspapers in the sitting room, right? <laughs> Yeah. This American TV crew are coming and going, what the hell is this? And I'm like, leave that alone. That's that's a perfectly good memory of the time I punched my friend Roland in the face and I kept punching him until he bled. And I need that story for when it's four o'clock in the morning and I want to feel bad about myself. Thank you very oh. much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're trying to put the stories into the skip. Do you know what I mean? Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. And, and, and you know, and, Keith and Jason, just, just yeah. to come back, because I, I, I just think it's an important thing. You know, you know that thing when, when there's, say, violence or any type of mistreatment of us when we're children by our caregivers or whatever it is, that the child is programmed to believe that the adult and especially their primary caregiver is good that they that they are the gods of our life you know totally yeah totally there's a moment and it's in the play so i don't mind talking about it oh yeah just say that the play is a a play that you wrote after you left yeah so it's called pure mental and it's a play about you know losing a man in his 40s losing the job he loves and how he deals with it basically and it's a it's a it's an everyman story but it's about me you know um and there was a mo- there's a moment in it. My my mother at one point she she taped she put tape over my mouth. Yeah, and I remember saying to and, and this is going back to what you're saying, Marion. I I was I remember talking to Luke, my therapist, and saying you know tell her telling them this story and and kind of going isn't it gas that she did that right? She put tape over my but I ended up being on radio. Isn't that gas? <laughs> right. You know. Yeah. He was like, he, I was yeah. like, it's 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 ironic, isn't it? And he was going, you're looking at it from the wrong way. It's like yeah. you you did that anyway. This thing happened to you. It's a coincidence. But yeah. You need to think about what maybe you could have done if you didn't have to deal with that shit when you were young. Yeah. Like you you possibly were destined to be a presenter anyway or to get into the entertainment industry. Everything's kicking off down here. Um, yeah. Let me just close the door. Hang on a second. Yeah, no problem. It's all right. Uh, you were probably destined to do whatever you're going to do. Um, this thing happening, I felt 
this moment in my life, the tape of me, you know, and me being on radio, that was like a mad, you know, connection. Like, you know, like almost like if my mother hadn't done that, I wouldn't, you know, almost like crediting her with. Right. Yeah. With but isn't that meant? It's got absolutely nothing to fucking do with it. Isn't it just crazy? But nothing. But in my head, I was like, yeah, that's and almost giving her the credit for because because there's something she would have said a lot is like, oh, I like I, I made them. I made them very independent. I made them very independent right. people. Uh, like we all kind of left home at 18. Mm, do you know what I mean? I yeah, a lot of us did in that era. All of us did. We did, yeah, I suppose. We yeah, all kind we, of, like we all, we couldn't wait. Do you we, know what I mean? I mean, I, I remember doing that in my stand-up, saying like, you, you, everybody be singing happy birthday to you on your 18th birthday and you'd have a rucksack on your back. <laughs> happy birthday to you. Thanks very much. See us get the, f- I'm out of here. Mother of Jesus. And now... We love our children so much they won't fuck off at all. But, but it's but it's better, isn't it? It's better because yeah, and and absolutely. I and, and I guarantee you, as you said, like that's like for my mother. And there's there's also a bit in the play where I talk about like I look at her and I'm going shit. Like that's trauma passed on from trauma passed yeah, on. From, yeah, like, yeah. Ireland is a very traumatized country, and we're we absolutely. we're only getting the moment now. This is the generation where we try and deal with that shit, you know. And yeah, it, that's that's what's happening. But like I looked at my mother and like, how the hell did she end up in a house with five children in the Midlands, far from Kilkenny, where she grew up and like not doing probably what she would have liked to have done as a child and having to leave school after sixth class and all this kind of stuff. And you're going, I see it. I see it. Like this is not about demonizing anybody. No, absolutely not. This is about trying to figure out what's going on and why it's going on and what's going on for everybody and everybody's story. And it's Mm -hmm. it's difficult because all you're doing is trying to untangle it. Yeah. Not point yeah, the finger. It, yeah, they always say the anger is coming from somewhere else. That's a lot of time they say that. I remember, I remember a blind boy saying that to me when I did a podcast. I was talking about my mum, and we do say it kind of fun when she was like slapping it with the slipper or whatever. And then he goes, "That's not because she's angry with you. She's angry with probably something else in her life." Yeah. Is that what yeah. I mean? Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, I, we were the brunt of the frustration. You know, we were. We had it. It was taken out on us, you know. And uh, yeah. it doesn't make it right, but it makes it easier to understand. Yeah, and, absolutely. And better, you know, to to understand, yeah. you know. And, is and then mom- also just to deconstruct. Sorry. Sorry, Jason, but just to stay with that point for a second. But like, we're not blaming. You know, we understand the parent, but then also to kind of realize where our beliefs about ourselves have come from, and that they're not automatically correct just because they're a belief. Yeah, you know, the kind of yeah, way, so. totally. And it's like it's yeah. like looking at your stories, the stories that you've told yourself about yeah. yourself, and looking at them. And, and for me, it was write, writing them down, and then being able to look at them and go, "That doesn't really seem, that doesn't make sense." Do, do you know what I mean? Getting outside your own head, you know. Yeah. So, so did you feel that the play helped you mentally? You know, it was it was definitely part like like Luke got me writing. So I was writing short stories and a lot of the stuff that was coming up was about stuff that happened in my childhood, about young lads that I knew that died or about my mother or about this or about that. And, and I just ended up with a bunch of sh- short stories that I sent to a friend of mine. And she said, look, I think there's a show, a, a play in this. If you if you want to work together, we can do something. And um and and, and that's kind of what happened. But definitely. Oh, yeah. The process of the writing helped me. Um, and 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 doing it on stage. Now, it didn't help my mother, uh, but she, is, she still, is she still around? Is yeah, she yeah, she's still alive. Yeah. So I did. I mean, so did yeah. she see it? Has she seen the play? She, I did. I performed half of it. I sent her the script. So I performed a work in progress, which is basically half the play online during lockdown because we were due to perform it oh. uh, for the June Fest in in Newbridge. Uh, but but then uh, COVID hit. Uh, so I did. I sent her the the, the 
the the script and I said, look, this is happening. So I just want to let you know. I'm not, I, I didn't, I didn't send it to her to say like, just cross out the bits you don't like. I was, <laughs> it was just, it was just out of courtesy. You weren't asking you know? her, you were telling her, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. And, and um, Keith, you, I, I read, you know, you were saying as it, you didn't, you felt you f- didn't fully know how to be yourself as a younger as a young lad and possibly up until very recently. Yeah. Do you feel able to be yourself now? And I'm what's that like? Yeah, I'm starting to, I'm starting to feel like who I am. And that's the, that's the weird. Okay. So that's the, the, the clarity you feel with therapy. You start feeling like you might be mad. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And other people think that you, people are saying things to you that make you think that you might be mad. Uh, but you're just, think you start thinking differently like you start yeah. you have these moments of clarity where you can actually see yourself yes who yeah. you really are without yeah. anything and that's kind of almost like unsettling and disconcerting mm-hmm. but you but you that becomes normal and then your wife gets used to the new you and then yeah. your children start to <laughs> and then you sort of start you know who's that man <laughs> yeah like, she was like i got a divorce but now i'm living with you uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, if I'm, I often leave therapy, I don't know if you do, with like some nuggets and you're kind of going, oh, yeah. Because I basically learned from therapy that I can't control everything. Mm. It was yeah. literally like, and that's what calmed me down 70%. Yeah. I was yeah. like, what? And because it's, I think Mara's it called omnipotent or something like that. That's the word I think they used. Uh, saying yeah. like it's godlike, trying to control okay. everybody else and other <laughs> careers and other things. Yeah. And because I all, because you see, and again, that comes from my childhood trying to control my parents, trying to think mm-hmm. that I, I could I could actually uh, sort this relationship out. And I kept doing that in school and everywhere and everywhere to control until eventually, yeah, I just had to go. I mean, my I my marriage broke down, whatever. That was for loads of other different reasons. But I basically went uh, to therapy and was told, just stop trying to control everything. And that's what my nugget. I don't know mm-hmm. if you got that kind of a nugget from your therapy. Yeah, uh, that's like, I mean, probably that's why I was behaving the way I was behaving, because I I felt like I needed to, well, I needed everyone to like me. Uh, Mm -hmm. um, And that was my problem, my big one. But control is a big thing. And when you realize you can't control things, it takes the pressure off and you just allow yourself to be. It's also not, and I know this is a cliche, but not caring what people think. um, I would have really cared about what people thought about me and I would have wanted wanted everyone to like me, which is impossible. Um, so now what I do is I kind of just do what I want to do, but I'm not irresponsible. Like I bring in enough money to pay the mortgage. Yeah. I make sure I have, I, I, you know, I do things in a way that I'm responsible about it. I don't just like, I didn't just say to Suzanne, look, I'm going to live down the shed now. Best of luck <laughs> to you. I'll be up for the ride every now and then. <laughs> Uh, like, like, yeah. like it's, but not not a, not a controlling ride. Like whatever happens, <laughs> you won't know. You won't know when I when the moment. No, that's, but no, I'm, would you be? Would you wear your tracksuit when you're going for the ride? <laughs> just the top. Just the top. But Keith, but the, but it's about it's about con- uh, letting go of control, but also being realistic about it and managing your life in a different way and trying to like you can't just decide I'm only doing things my way from now on you know it's Mm got to be an informed everything's got to be an informed decision well I want to 
spend most of my time at home now, you know, so how do I do that? How can I also make money? How can I also pay the bills? I can't just turn around to Suzanne and go, look, I've done, mm. I've done my time. I've done 20 years of work and yeah. best of luck, best of luck to you now. I read, there's a lovely so, quote so, that says, you know, the decisions that we make when we love ourselves are always good. Mm. And that thing of when we are being driven by a need to be liked or driven by a need to control at some level, I think that's coming from a place where we don't like ourselves or we don't ex- we don't know ourselves. We don't accept ourselves. But when we do, I think naturally we will be orientated towards the good decision for the for us and, the, and our context and our life. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like it's, you know, you start getting into what some people might refer, you know, pe- people might think it's it's kind of wanky talk, but, and I, I don't know how you want to dress it up, but the clarity, with the clarity comes being aware of the universe and, you know, where, you know, how that, how that actually works, you know, yeah. and it, it, it goes back to what you're saying, Jason, about controlling everything. You can't control yeah. everything. No. The, you know, things just happen and bad things happen and life, life can be just arbitrary. You know, you know, I, yes. I was I was obsessed with them, um, all these kids that died when I was young. And I was like, you know, that was really, really sort of, uh, you know, like kids I knew, like a, a kid in my in, in school just died in my arms, like had, oh a, my mass, God. had a massive in, heart attack. I learned in, later. In, in primary school or what? Yeah, yeah. In, pri- in uh, oh my well, secondary school, like second year in secondary school and we were playing football in the yard before school and he literally oh. dropped and I, I thought he fell so I was picking him up and I remember I was kneeling there and, the, and my knees were wet and he he just breathed his last in my arms right? but but so this is, comes back to honesty and, and vulnerability and how you deal with stuff in the moment so the brothers came, you know the brothers come out clear the yard everybody back into class nothing to see here uh, we were in I remember sitting in the class doing fractions when the, when I heard the sirens right Jesus Christ. And that was it. Like, Nobody... what you... Yeah, why send a child back into fucking class after that? It's crazy. But, but this kid had died. And no, I, I, mean, like, I mean you, yeah. you. Oh, yeah, I know. I, exactly. This kid had died in my arms and I was just sitting in class doing fractions. And then even, I didn't even feel like I could tell my parents how mad it felt and how, yeah. because then you would just feel, you'd be feeling sorry for yourself or looking for attention. Yeah. And when you showed up, like it wasn't you that died. Aren't you still alive? You what you what needed well? there Keith was like an, an adult to validate your experience yeah, so there was and no that, that's all and that yeah. is all yeah. yeah but in those days our parents didn't have the tools to talk no. to a child about that so my dad would have done the exact same thing he would have went ah sure look it's done now sure come on move on now sure anyway, no listen, point put the no telly point, on dwell, we'll get no the point dwell, dwelling on it but like, it's, why be, would you? it's because he didn't know how to sit down and talk to me about a child dying in my arms that's what they do that's how shit they were like that but it wasn't so, their fault. No, but that's but but like the what the thing the, the thing I've learned is that like even with my own kids now is just to talk just and like yeah. genuinely honestly yeah. talk and you don't have to fix it just listen be there yes. sit beside them let them say what they have to say. Ask Do you know what that they, what you just said there? Just being there is good enough when they yeah. know that you're there and it's it's safe and you're you know they're you're around them all the time. As you said, you don't have to talk to them all the time. They just like, because I've got a 20 year old and a 13 year old, they don't like to do loads and loads of talking, but they do love to know I'm around them. Yeah. And it's about access to conversation that they, that they know Mm. that you are there if, if they do need to talk. And, and as you said, Keith, it's about listening. 
very yeah, often. These like like traumas, like things like that, only become traumas is, is if someone doesn't validate yeah. them, and someone doesn't tell you. Yeah. Like you know, for some for someone, it can be like being ages of age and turn around in the corner and a dog, a massive dog barking at them, and that can be the mm-hmm. incident, right? But if they don't get to deal with how they felt in that moment with somebody who listened to them, if they can't talk about that, that can become a big problem. You know, well, it becomes so, stored in us, doesn't it? Like, yeah. So it's only yeah. ever about like bad things happen, people yeah. die, uh, life is arbitrary, shit happens. But it's about mm. learning. It's it's when these things aren't dealt with in the proper way. That's all it is, you know. So, um, Keith, all the stuff you've been through, like your childhood stuff, uh, the breakfast show. I mean, to et- a lot of people would only have a snippet of that kind of mental kind of pressure. But you've had the whole thing on you. You've been through therapy, and now, I mean, are you out the other side, or are you are you still just repairing yourself? Like, are you still just getting there? And and what are you going to do now? That's what most people listen. Would love to know. Um, I'm just going to do Zoom calls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, well, I'm doing gigs in my toilet, so yeah. <laughs> and I don't, and I don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> I, uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what I'm going to do, and I, I don't, you know, I don't want to say I don't care. Uh, I okay. Uh, just well, to answer your play. question. You know? Yeah, so the play was supposed to be touring November, December. That's all been put on pause. So that will happen next year. There's a 20-date tour book for next year. So they have that to look forward to. And I'm interested in performing. And I studied acting in college and all that kind of stuff. So I'll do that. Brilliant. Yeah. Let's just do shit and see how it goes. You know, yeah. anything is possible. Like, And I'm not going to kind of go to say the universe is good and the universe will catch it. Yeah. But you just have to be able to accept, that, accept change, I think. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's a bit like with me as well because I've had to I, I'm, all my gigs are gone everything's gone but I my change was you know I started doing gigs in the toilet here and making little sketches and, and and you know doing other little bits but I think that the what I what I'd say to loads of people who are even not in the entertainment business is don't panic you know what I mean don't panic just just accept what's happening and then just see what you can do let's see what you how you can change you know yeah, be, be open be like Stay open, you know, just and yeah. be be ready, be ready, like to, like see things as see doors as they open, like you know, yeah, yeah. It, it's about not being having tunnel vision and not seeing only yeah. one thing, like you know, it's like somebody said to me the other day, like you might get to the top of the ladder and realize it's leaning against the wrong wall. Yeah, <laughs> it's <laughs> true is, though, isn't it? Which yeah, is, which is horrible in one way, but also refre- you know, it's so reassuring <laughs> that this kind of thing happens, but. But but also I've done I'm doing the podcast which I'd like to mention which is simply called the Keith Walsh podcast and I get mm-hmm. to talk to people and and you know from working in, on on radio uh, Jason that your commercial radio can be very uh, uh, too structured almost you know yeah. you're you're all you're always selling the, you're always selling the ads you're always talking with the, the 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 sponsor you're always talking about the next song you're always talking about this so with the podcast I get to talk to somebody as as you do you know for an hour an hour and a half whatever about mm. you know real co- things we're actually just interested in talking about like mm-hmm. this I suppose yeah so that's that's something that I'm doing as well and uh, like I'm so I'm putting out like three podcasts a week or something because wow. because I can and because yeah. I have the time and it's like let's just give this a lash for a while so and you don't know where that might lead. It might lead nowhere, but I'm enjoying it. And that's the main thing. And it's keeping me busy. It's keeping me busy. And can I ask you about journaling, Keith? How long do you spend journaling per day? 
Uh, I, I usually try and do three. <laughs> this is very just. I try and do three pages, fools cap pages. Okay. And wow. it's, it's it's not something I'll ever. It's I don't journal like uh, to do. It's not a to do list. It's not right. like uh, is it like a stream of consciousness. It's type yeah. Of thing? It's just like and I don't ever read it back. I don't ever. No one's okay. ever going to see it. I don't even worry about grammar. I don't worry about. Uh, yeah. Penmanship. It's just, it's just fuck. I can't. I wouldn't. If I read it back, I wouldn't even know what what I was talking about. Okay, so just it's just release. Um, it's just, just a release. Yeah, it's all the stuff wow. that's in my head. Okay. The people I want to have around with the people. You know, it's just like uh, ah, that's you know. good. Or or it might be like oh, it's raining again. But you know, whatever it could be. Just whatever noticing okay. things. Whatever. And again, that's yes. practicing letting go as well, isn't it? That kind of letting go of structure, letting go of a narrative. You just and the freedom of it is that you yeah. you're not going to show this to anybody. You're yeah, not yeah. even going to read it back. You're just and you know you don't even have to worry about spelling or anything. It's just stream. It's kind of like, like going. You're, you're, you're just unpacking constantly every morning. <laughs> just yeah, unpacking yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm making notes. I'm actually Sorry, writing, I'm actually writing on the road by Jack Kerouac. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the one thing as well, people are listening to therapy, and when you go to like Keith is, uh, does, uh, you're still good crack at the end, Keith, isn't that right? I mean, like you oh. don't lose the crack. I've heard people going, "So are you any crack anymore?" <laughs> Yeah, because I because I, I I gave up drink as well. And that's ah, big... you're no crack, fucking useless. <laughs> that therapy shy. What are you doing, Keith? Oh, here, no drinking. There's something wrong with him. But I don't like. It didn't even. It wasn't even a thing. I didn't even decide. It was just like that feeling I got from drinking. I had that most days. Anyway. Yeah. 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 So, so what I was drinking for, I didn't need because I was having that. I wasn't feeling. You're like giving shit. the booze the credit for the crack you were having. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I actually, just you know, I and I was like, I, I it'd be Friday and someone would be having a drink and I'd be like, no, I just don't feel like it. I, yeah. Just don't need it anymore. Yeah. So I'm no yeah, crack. The crack. So you're you're comfortable in your own skin now. I think. But totally. it sounds yeah. Yeah. Totally. I feel like I'm a different person. I don't know. I mean, like I feel like mm. I feel so. Yeah, I mean, I'm almost almost horizontal, you know, and uh, sound like you've you've discovered basically yourself. You found out who's in there, and there he is. Should have been. I think so, and I think I was always there, but I've become happy with who I am. Absolutely. You know? yeah. uh, like, like I'm very more. I, I'm still aware of who I am and uh, and the things I like and don't like about myself. Uh, but I, I I like more. To, I, I, yeah, I just like myself, and I haven't really changed that much. But I just yeah. Um, well. Keith, we've been talking now so long, but that was brilliant. Thanks, thanks for doing that. And the great thing is that people listening, Keith is still a men's crack. He, <laughs> he has actually turned up to this podcast in a tracksuit top. So uh, <laughs> it's a tribute, a tribute to Fran, Fran reading the news and Athlone all those years yeah. ago. <laughs> I mean, you're a brilliant fellow. I know you a long time and I've always had great fun working with you. And the, and the great thing is, is that as well, from from knowing you and working with you and a lot of people out there listening, you never realise what people are going through. Yeah, I mean, I had no true. idea of your childhood past, of how, how fast you were working during the breakfast. I mean, I would see you now and again uh, with the breakfast club. I go, oh, there's Keith Day looks happy enough there, Bernard and all that's grand. So we don't know. You know what yeah. I mean? No, so no. definitely give people room to maybe talk to you and 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 say what they need to say totally and and try and meet people where they're at you know try and try and you know try and give people the benefit of the doubt and they didn't actually mean to snap at you that day they're just you know yeah. having a bad day or you know or, yeah. or if, they, if they seem really happy all the time don't believe that shit either man <laughs> <laughs> and how's bernard i have to go i have to uh, give him a ring 
Well, he's bringing out a book. I think he's got a book oh, out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I remember he once said to me, he said, when, when your agent comes in and said, do you, do you want to write a book? You know your career is over. He's written two, <laughs> he's, on his, he's on his second book now. So. <laughs> Keith Walsh is a bollocks. <laughs> Jennifer the bitch. <laughs> well, look, Keith, thanks a million for sharing all yeah, that. No, thanks, thanks very thanks, much, Keith. That was thanks, really enjoyable. Thanks to you, Jason, as well. Thanks, Marion, and thank thanks you. for everything, Jason. And uh, you've always been you've always been very nice to me. So, thank you very much. And I best try my best. I try my best, Keith. <laughs> and you're a great crack. Absolutely. Well, right, well look, thanks for on listening. That note, thanks, everybody. Um, Another episode of Mind Your Loaf. My God, are pe- people's loaves must have been getting repaired everywhere because of us now. <laughs> I hope so. We're like Brennan's. <laughs> okay. Well, listen, Jason, mind yourself, mind your loaf, and yeah. um, we'll see you next time. Yes, indeed. We'll talk to you all soon. Thanks, Amelia okay. Mar. Bye. Turn to Me provides professional mental health support. Ah, uh, Jason, lo- oh. do your, uh, you know, your ad voice. Oh, yeah, I'll do the yeah, ad. Yeah, yeah. Okay, oh. I'll do a proper ad okay. thing. Okay, ready? As a registered charity, Turn To Me provides professional mental health support online for anyone in Ireland going through a tough time. From one-to-one counselling to group and peer support, Turn To Me is accessible from any device anywhere in Ireland. If you would like to support Turn To Me, you can donate €4 Euros by texting Turn To Me to 50300. Text costs €4. Euros. Turn To Me will receive a minimum of €3.60 Euros service provider-like charity. Helpline 077. Six six eight zero five two seven eight. Is that you? Yeah, that was actually me. There, ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Are you a reality TV junkie? Do you ever think, dang, I wish I had someone to talk to about all the trash TV that I watch? Well, look no further, garbage lover, because Reality Gaze is a podcast for you. Hello, I'm Maddie. And I'm Poodle, and we're the Reality Gaze. We talk about all your favorite unscripted shows like The Golden Bachelor, Love is Blind, and TLC's big, messy behemoth, 90 Day Fiance. And if you're driving to work, folding laundry, or just pretending to listen to your husband talk about sports, just put on the pod, and you've instantly got two gay besties spilling all the tea and reading these people for filth. So come at us, y'all. Find Reality Gaze wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com